Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Create Your Life family, thanks for tuning in to this episode. Before we get started, I wanted to share some exciting information from our sponsor. We only pick people and companies that we think are awesome to bring onto the show, so please support them. As a podcaster, I've spent hours and hours editing, doing show graphics, and much more, and I finally got fed up with losing all of my free time to post-production activities. So I decided to do something about it. And if you are a fellow busy podcaster who would like to just record and have someone else do the dirty work of graphic creation, tagging and uploading your show to your server and in-depth SEO generating show notes, go to podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. That's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and it is another amazing day. We have another exciting and amazing guest here on the show today. Upon meeting her, I said, man, you know what? You're phenomenal. You have great references that just put me on the spot to interview you. (laughs) So I did my research, and of course, Create Your Life family, I knew that this young lady could provide value to us. So we definitely had to bring her in, have her here on the show. So super happy to have her here. Speaking of this phenomenal woman. This young lady is the CEO of Captivate Marketing Group, which is the highly creative, certified entertainment marketing professional and Emmy-nominated event producer. This is who she is. She has a proven track record of conceptualizing and orchestrating small and large production events, marketing campaigns, and programs to effectively create business development opportunities, increase revenue, and growth. She is known as a powerhouse behind the scene, closing deals, sculpting entertainment, One exquisite experience at a time. She has worked with some of the biggest names and brands in the entertainment industry from grassroots organizations, Fortune 500 companies, and A-list celebrities. I'm talking about no other than Miss Yvonne McNair. Yvonne, please say hello to the Create Your Life family. Hi, thanks for having me. You made me sound really good there. Hey, you know, (laughs) the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. With that being said, Yvonne, I want to jump right in. We had a chance to to meet in the talk. I understand that you are a Southern Belle. Yes, yes. And you've had quite the journey to make it from New Orleans to New York. Can you talk to us a little bit about that journey of you getting here and just a little bit about your entrepreneur journey? Sure, sure, sure. So, I mean, really, my mom is from New Orleans. So New Orleans is one of my favorite cities. I don't know anyone who doesn't like New Orleans. And if 
they don't. There's something wrong with them. But I actually grew up in Naperville, Illinois, which is about 45 minutes to an hour outside of Chicago. Okay. And my mom, we made the move, my mom and dad. I always say my mom, but they're like one to me. So my mom and dad are still together, married for over 50 years. And my mom was a computer engineer. So we moved to Naperville, Illinois and went to high school and actually undergrad and grad school in Naperville, Illinois. So after Naperville, I lived in Detroit for some time and Mm -hmm. then lived in the actual city of Chicago and then New York. I've been in New York for six years now. Okay. And you started your career early in the music industry. I did. And uh-huh. under the mentorship of Esther Gordy Edwards, who's the sister of the legendary Barry Gordy yeah. and creator of the Motown Museum. Can you talk to us a little bit about that experience and how that shaped you to be the woman that you are today? Sure. I actually wish I could go back in time because I was so young at the time. Esther Gordy would come to my home and tell me all these stories. And sometimes I was like, oh, my God, these stories are so long. But now I just wish I could go back and just, like, listen to all those stories again. But I think that Esther Gordy was really a behind-the-scenes person like myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of the things that she taught me in terms of how she would do marketing and how she would do A&R for artists and how she would just work behind the scenes, I think that I use everything that she taught me. Obviously, Mm. I use new stuff to go along with that, but those methods still work today. So she was so instrumental in in me getting started, me understanding what I would experience as a woman. Mm. And I'm forever thankful for that experience that I had with her. What do you feel like are some of those timeless lessons or nuggets that she gave you that, let's say, another young person or a young lady could be able to use today. One of the things that I think is so critical and I think we've gone away from was the NR for artists. And so a lot of times when I work with artists, I really try to still teach them some of those things like media training, your appearance, because a lot of people just jump up in their street clothes and they have thousands of people on stage and stuff like that, like really putting things into your performance. So I really mm-hmm. try to, any artist I work with, try to teach them some of those skills and also understanding the business mm-hmm. of the entertainment industry, which we all see the artists that come and go broke and all those other things. So anybody I work with, whether you're going to work with me from five years, 10 years, whatever, I want to make sure you really understand the business of music. And I think that that's what I really learned from her. And for you, at the age of 22, you were on the cover of Cranes magazine, which is a big deal. And it you was. were it was. You were highlighted as someone to watch in the industry. Uh-huh. For you, you've sustained and evolved as a person in this industry, keeping the same level of excellence, Mm -hmm. hunger, and expertise Mm -hmm. that you did at 22. Mm -hmm. What are the keys to doing so? Early on, I learned from a mentor. She was mentoring me at the time, and I learned something from her that I was like, "Mm, I don't want to be like that. And she always operated on, like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Mm. And I felt that she got very stuck in her ways. And I never wanted to be like that. So I really study this craft. Like I'm always reading and I'm always, I go to different events, even though it's hard for me because I end up critiquing them, even though I don't want to, but I'm always Mm -hmm. just trying to learn more and -hmm. not get stuck. And so I think that that's like been critical to my success and longevity and what I'm doing. Got you. So I'm hearing innovation and iteration on a consistent basis. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. And so I know also you have a lot of peers in this industry. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like other than those things that you just mentioned right now are some of the things that separate you from your peers and have allowed you to sustain in this industry? Uh One, I am an event producer. I am certified as well. There are very few black women in the country that are certified. Mm. And I became certified because I kept kind of looking at like, well, what are some of the white agencies? Like, what are they doing? Like, why are they getting this business? And I was like, okay, well, they have this, they have that, which prompted me to get certified, which prompted me to go back to grad school. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, I want to be able to have all those credentials, even though before that I felt like, well, I think I know more than them. I wanted Mm -hmm. to have all those same credentials. So there was nothing holding me back there. So I think that that's 
one of the things that separate my knowledge of sound and lighting and set design. So for all of my events, there's so many things that I do. I'm not just a planner, so I don't like outsource some of those things, those things I'm like actually doing and designing and stuff like that. So I think that's what really sets me apart. And then I think relationships. I have some amazing relationships with, like I said, various brands and various artists that are longstanding relationships. I think that that's really some of the things that set me apart. Create Your Life family, Yvonne is telling us to get certified <laughs> and to also keep innovating. Yeah, You're talking about relationships, which I think is something that's super ideal mm-hmm. no matter what type of business that you're in. Mm-hmm. What are Yvonne's top three ways to keep and sustain um, relationships? Yeah, so one of the things that I do is I am not someone who is just going to hit you up when you're hot. So, like, if I'm working with an artist, no matter what you're going through— There are artists that didn't have a song on the charts. There's an artist that wasn't doing well. I'm still in touch with those artists. I'm not Mm sometimey. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely make sure that if I can help, especially like in terms of like helping someone get back into the mainstream or whatever you Mm want to say. So I think that's really important. I follow up. And I'm super responsive. Like, Mm -hmm. I respond to every email, every phone call. Even if I'm saying, no, I can't help you or whatever the case may be, I respond to everything. So I think that's really critical to sustaining relationships. Love it. Now, you've got some and established some really great partnerships and opportunities Mm -hmm. with big brands. Mm -hmm. We're talking VH1, NBC, BET Networks, Apple Mm -hmm. Music, Sundance Film Festival. What are your keys to establishing and going out and starting these relationships? Mm -hmm. Like, How do you go about doing that? What are some of your... You know, your hacks. Well, one of it, it takes time. There are several of those brands that you mentioned that I was following up, following up, following up, following up, and just making sure that I stayed front of mind. So it took time to really establish the relationships with those brands. But I will tell you that a lot of it has been word of mouth. My goal is to do an amazing job, no matter small brand, big brand, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of it is word of mouth. So it's just like I have become a go-to person, if you will, if you want something that's a little different. I'm, I'm usually the one that To say, like, I just talked to a client the other day and they were like, we want to totally shake it up. And I was like, you are in the right place. I always want to really do it different. I compete against myself. Mm -hmm. So it's like I want to do better than I did the last event and stuff like that. So it didn't happen overnight. And so it not happening overnight. Let's say you're going out Mm -hmm. and you're trying to pursue a new partnership. What does that process usually look like for you? Can you timeline it out for us? Sure. So basically, I'm going to use Essence as a great one. First of all, I go to Essence Festival every year Mm because it's in New Orleans, but I went. I made sure I understood what they do, who their audience is. I understood what the needs were. And so I did all of that before actually approaching them. Mm -hmm. I didn't just blindly call them not having seen and understood what they were going for every year. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the things I really did. And then I started meeting people. I started trying to go to different Essence events. I started trying to meet people and network that way. And so... That's what kind of happened. It took me probably four years before I actually even like went into the Essence office for a meeting. It was not overnight. I was very patient about it Mm. and knew when it was my time that I was going to get what I needed to get done. I like that. Create your life family. Yvonne said, be patient and know when it's your time, but stay persistent. Yes, persistent. Absolutely. Loving it. So speaking of Essence, Mm -hmm. you are responsible for Prince's record-breaking performance at the Essence Festival in 2014. Mm Mm-hmm. Along with turning the Mercedes-Benz Superdome purple to commemorate the 30th anniversary of Purple Rain, Uh how do you come up with these amazing ideas? 
What I love, Essence Festival is like one of my favorite events of the year. And what I feel about an Essence Festival, about some of the, like our Black media companies and stuff like that, I feel that these outlets should have one of a lifetime moments. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're not there, then you're not there. And I Mm -hmm. feel that is so important. And so... For Prince commemorating the anniversary of Purple Rain, I thought that was just like a no-brainer. I knew he wanted to do it, and so reached out to Essence, and, and there it was. I mean, who wouldn't want Prince? But what is your idea process like? Do you have a team of people helping you out, come up with the ideas, or like, how are you? Yeah. Um, what does that look like? Because this is this is innovative. Like, you're not, you, like right. you said, you know, you're shaking it up, but you're not doing the average event. You know what right. I mean? You're coming right. at it completely avant-garde. So uh-huh. how does that creation process look? I mean, I do have a great team. That's one thing. I do have a great team. But I think some of my ideas, I don't really know. I mean, it just pops in my head. Like, for example, last year, which I don't know if you know, last year we had New Jack Swing anniversary. So it was the first time this a curation like this was done where it was Teddy Riley and he had 11 other artists. We had 110 minutes, which was the longest set of the Mm -hmm. festival last year. It was closing night. And I actually thought about it in my mind and talked to Essence about it. Like, who doesn't love New Jack Swing? And we all have a song that's like the soundtrack to our lives and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I kind of sold them on it where they were like, okay. And then I was like, shoot, I don't know what I did with Teddy's number. And so I was like, now I got to get in touch with Teddy. And so went to Soul Train, which is happening tonight, but went to Soul Train. And Mm -hmm. as soon as I got on the carpet, I ran into Teddy. And I was like, listen, like, Mm -hmm. I just felt like it was meant to be. And from there, you know, it happened. And we produced this historic show at Essence Festival last year. So I don't know, it just kind of popped in my head. And it just worked right out. It was crazy how it worked, to be quite honest, that I would bump into him like a week later. Okay, mm-hmm. so I have to ask this, mm-hmm. and this for personal reasons. Mm-hmm. What was it like to work with the great Prince? I learned so much during that time frame. I was working within the camp for three years, and I learned so much. I mean, he, for rehearsals, people had to wear suits and had to be dressed up, and rehearsals were all day long. Um, you would rehearse the same show over and over and over again. So he was such a perfectionist, which obviously showed in his work and his show. Mm-hmm. So I just learned. It kind of took me back to the Esther Gordy situation of people really perfecting their craft. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he had some old school, you know, ways of doing things. I just really learned, you know, perfection, really putting in the work to get it, even if you think you know it. Like, you know how many times he's performed Purple Rain, but they Mm -hmm. would rehearse it over and over and over again, where you would think like, you got this. You don't need to rehearse Purple Rain Mm -hmm. again. But so it's it's really about, even though you think you know it, you got to keep working on it. And Mm -hmm. so I think that I learned that and I applied that to my business. So it was was life-changing to me. That's why I moved to New York was from that time period. I started when he did the show Chicago Residency, which was in 2012, I ended up producing like the after shows and then it just went from there and I was like no longer home and traveling and it changed my life. So you've had the opportunity to see a lot of artists doing what you're doing and things Uh like that. Do you see that level of commitment in a lot of other artists to the craft and to being as great? Unfortunately, no. Mm. No, I don't think you see that as much anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to go back to that. And I think Mm -hmm. that's why some of the music sounds the way it sounds and some of the shows are the way they are. So I love a good, well-put-together show. Mm -hmm. You know, I love when people take time to think about what they're going to wear as opposed to just throwing on something. Like, I love when people do that. But I don't think you see that as much anymore. Mm. Are there any artists who you would say reflect that type of work ethic? 
athlete car. I think that in terms of like putting in real work to their show, I mean, obviously like a Bruno Mars, Justin Timberlake has a great show, mm-hmm. Janelle Monet. I think those people who are like our next legends, obviously mm-hmm. Beyonce mm-hmm. and Jay-Z. I think that those are our next legends. That's what I think. Love it. And earlier you talked about definitely growing up in New Orleans for a spell and then being in Naperville, Illinois, and doing undergrad, graduate there, high school. How has your MBA helped you in perfecting your craft and being who you are today with this line of work? Because I know that a lot of our audience members sometimes are on the fence about whether or not they should Mm -hmm. go ahead and pursue higher education. Yeah, I think from an entrepreneurial standpoint, I was really able to apply the skills that I learned from grad school to my business. Mm -hmm. So it's helped me learn how to actually run a successful business. Entrepreneurship is not for the weak. And so I think that there are so many things that I learned from going to grad school that I apply every single day. So I would highly recommend it. I think that when I looked at it, I was like, well, time goes by so fast. You know, mm-hmm. this two years that it's going to take to get me. I mean, you look up and it's like this time has passed. I think it was so beneficial to do. And then again, I wanted to make sure I had the same credentials as everyone else that was I saw really succeeding. How many events would you say that you produce just ballparking? In my career? Yes, in your career. Oh, my God. I would say probably... 10,000 maybe. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing this, although I'm only 25. Many, <laughs> no, I've been doing this for 20 years. Okay. So. <laughs> See, I was just going to say many moons, but you know, you want to put a number on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because, you know, when you when you think about that many events, I mean, yeah, I've been doing it for some time. Just, so just, just a little, little bit, just a little, little, bit little bit of time. Right. In that, what has been your favorite event that you've been able to do so far? Um, or you can give us a couple because I know saying the favorite is sometimes hard. But yeah. Okay. So my, one of my favorites, and if you were there, you were there, was the Prince Secret Show at City Winery, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know if you heard about. We announced it at, I think it was either 10 or 11 p.m. We announced it. It was announced on my Twitter, and I really don't use Twitter a lot. It was announced on my Twitter. It was 10 o'clock, and by 11 o'clock, there were lines around the corner. And he actually performed until 6.52 in the morning. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. And it was amazing. And it was one of his favorite shows, but it was such a moment. I mean, really, if you were there. And, and, you know, after his death, it was... It was so special to me because a lot of people talked about that show and they were posting video from the show mm-hmm. who didn't know I did it or anything like that. So it was it was really good that it was so special to other people that were there. It was about 500 people. And there were people who went right to work because it was all night on a Sunday night. It was really crazy. Yeah. So that, that was one of my favorites. I think the Teddy Riley show last year, Essence, was one of my favorites because it was the first time it had been done in that way. So that was special. And then... Um, Let's see. And then I would say the BET Her Awards that I produced last year, which was also a first for BET, which honored women who were really excelling in their fields. And that that was a special show as well. Got you. And for yourself as a woman in the event industry, as well as a woman of color, mm-hmm. what have been some of the challenges that you faced and how have you been able to power through and overcome them? So the biggest challenge is, I mean, it's a male-dominated industry when, you know, a lot of times when I arrive for like load-in, I'm the only woman that's there. Mm -hmm. And I think people often think that I don't know what they would know, like Mm -hmm. terminology, like people be like, you know, the light bulb. I'd be like, are you serious? You know, it's like they talk down to me like I wouldn't know. So I always Mm -hmm. have to show them 
that I do know and probably know more than them. So I think that's one of the challenges is, you know, you work with a lot of men. I've obviously faced men thinking that other things were going to happen besides business. That's always a challenge for women. And I think just really feeling like I always have to prove myself. Mm -hmm. Even with the resume I have, I feel many times I have to prove myself as a black woman that I am able to do this and do it really well. And what advice would you give to other young ladies who are out there who may be facing these similar challenges and need that upliftment or those words of advice, kind of like how Esther Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. granted to you? Um, I really think that I just don't let things get to me Mm -hmm. and I'm able to shake it off. If I'm frustrated, I mean, again, I have a good circle of friends that I can talk to and some of them have experienced some of the same things. So, you know, I can obviously talk that through with them, but I, I just shake it off. So, you know, I feel that I'm really strong and I feel that there's nothing that I can't handle or do. So I think that just having strength and believing in yourself. Other than consistency, what would you say have been the keys to your personal growth over this 20-year career that you've had so far? What I mentioned earlier was trying to stay fresh and making sure that I never feel that I know everything, learning Mm -hmm. from others and stuff like that. I think that that's critical. I think that trying to push the envelope and think of things that are different and really trying to just create these moments, I think that that's been so critical to my success. Got you. And as you've grown and over this extensive period of time of your Uh career, have you received negative feedback? Was it public? Was it private? And how did you push through it? I have. I have. I had a situation where there was a point where I thought I needed partners. And I thought I needed partners because there was a guy who was like, oh, I have all these relationships. We'll get so much business and blah, blah, blah. And it just seemed so promising. And so, you know, I started going down that route And then I found out I was still doing all the work. And so I had to remove myself from that situation. Mm -hmm. And to this day, and that happened probably about 10, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. And to this day, like he still talks negatively about me. And first it really got to me. But then I kind of looked at, well, you know, since that time frame, I've been around the world a few times and done a lot of things. And he's still sitting in the same place. Mm. So it was kind of easy to shake it off after a certain period of time. But, yeah, I, I mean, I always face I mean, I think anything you do, you're always going to face some kind of negative feedback. And again, it's just really kind of shaking it off and pushing through and just knowing that I can sit down at the end of the day and say, did I do my best job? Did I try to do everything I could possibly do to make sure it was a success? And if I can say that, then I just have to just keep moving. Got you. And so for you, I love that you said that and you talked about that experience. Mm -hmm. For you moving forward past that particular experience, Mm -hmm. how do you go about deciding who you're going to partner with? and vetting people before allowing them into the greatness that is Ibrahim uh-huh. McNair on uh-huh. a personal level and also uh-huh. professionally with your company? Well, I mean, I'm really an energy person, for one, and I can feel energy. I mean, do I still make mistakes on, you know, allowing certain people in my space? Absolutely. But mm-hmm. I try to go with how a person makes me feel. I really try to make sure, like, if I'm going to partner with you, we got to both be bringing something to the mm-hmm. table. And I think that I didn't do my due diligence before. Mm-hmm. So I think now that I'm smarter, I'm wiser, I think it's a lot harder to kind of do things like that now. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like are some of the hacks that people should know when trying to do event planning on a large scale? I always say this, like, I feel like there's so many people who wake up and think they can be a publicist or an event planner. 
And that is not the case. You really have to have the skills to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that one, if this is the type of event that you want to do, really studying it Mm -hmm. and really learning from people who are doing it. Mm -hmm. And I think that for me, you know, I stay in my lane. Like people are like, oh, I think you could do this. You could do that. I probably could. Mm-hmm. But that's not my lane. You know, like I don't do any weddings. And, exactly. Yeah, that's, I don't, not, that's not that's not me unless you want your wedding to be like the Grammys or something. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's not me. So I really stay in my lane. Mm-hmm. So I think that really like I am so focused on being the best I could possibly be in my lane. And mm-hmm. I think that that is so important if you want to be an event producer or, you know, whatever you want to be is like really studying and learning that craft. And I just think that so many people think it's easy. I always say that sometimes if you're not like I had to do this. I had to do this. People think it's easy. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't say a lot about what I'm doing. I just get it done. And I think mm-hmm. that people sometimes think it's really easy. And it's sometimes I'm loading in at 3 a.m. and loading out 3 a.m. the next day. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like I have been up for 24 hours straight. So when people say they want to learn how to do this or shadow me, a lot of people are not able to do it. And they don't understand how much of it I do. Mm-hmm. And so they're not able to do it and they fall off pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think you really need to get with somebody who's doing it if this is what you really want to do. Create your life family. Yvonne said, you better be built for this. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's up? You better be built for this. You better be, but right. I'm loving how you said that you are determined and focused on being the best that you can be mm-hmm. in your lane. Mm-hmm. Create your life family. Y'all better run with that. Be the best <laughs> that you can be in your own lane. Wow, Create Your Life family. I hope that you are really enjoying this episode. I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors and let you know that our sponsors are giving special offers just for you. If you are a fellow busy podcaster who just wants to record and spend the rest of your time doing what you love, like working out at the gym with family and friends or traveling, use code CYLS for a discount on services when you go to podcastlaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. That's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273. And without further ado, let's get back to the show. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and we are back with the phenomenal Yvonne McNair, who is here just dropping jewels on us today. Everybody in the studio, like, we taking notes out here, Create Your Life family. So, Yvonne, are you here with us? How you feeling? What's going on? I feel good. (laughs) Okay. Cool, cool. I want to jump right back in. Real talk, was there ever any point that you were going to give up Mm -hmm. in, you know, your career path, and how did you push past that point? Okay, so this is a great story. <laughs> so this is post Prince. And so because of this time frame, that three years, and as I said, I moved to New York, I basically changed my business because it was all about that situation. And so after I made the decision to move in a different direction, I basically had to rebuild my clients. And now I'm in New York and Um, new to New York and stuff like that. So I had to really rebuild my business at Mm -hmm. that point. And so I would say for the first probably about eight, nine months, I think it was, after that situation, it was extremely hard for me. Financially, 
trying to meet new clients and stuff like that, I was like, did I make a mistake? To me, it was like, well, who's going to have the opportunity to say they work with Prince? So it all makes sense, right? But afterwards, it was like, okay, well, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. And so it was extremely hard. And I had to just rebuild. And so I did think that I was going to give up. And I thought about getting a job. And I did look for a job and stuff like that. I was just like, maybe I just need to stop trying to be in business on my own. And I found that it was very hard to get executive positions and stuff like that. And I had to really push through. And I had to really have the confidence in myself, like, you can do this. Mm -hmm. Like, you've built this before and you can build back up. And now you know more, you've done more. And so I had to have a long talk with myself. So yes, I thought that I was going to stop doing business and just go work for someone else. And I realized that's probably not a good idea. I don't think I'm a great employee, but I'm a better boss. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I had to rebuild. And it was an extremely difficult year for me, like right after Prince. Got you. So you were basically on a high. Mm-hmm. Then you went to a low. A very, It was very low. Mm-hmm. Who were your biggest supporters during that time? And how did they support you? Yeah, my friends. When I moved to New York, although I was doing business and stuff like that in New York, I had friends, but I didn't have like a real close circle when I moved. Right. And so I think that, you know, I was going out and trying to make sure people knew who I was and knew what I did and stuff like that. And so in in that process, I met a lot of people. So my friends were extremely supportive Mm -hmm. and helped me get through that process. How did they support you? Making sure other people knew what I did and introducing me to different people, inviting me to different events so that I could go out and network and stuff like that. So I think that that was probably the biggest lifesaver ever Mm because I was scared at points. Mm -hmm. You know, I just didn't, I didn't know what I was going to do, to be quite honest. So a lot of times in life, people, they help us because we can't become successful Mm -hmm. on our own. Mm -hmm. And we always say thank you verbally. Mm -hmm. What are some of the ways that Yvonne shows her people who have always been in her corner or even new people who Mm -hmm. are in her corner that she's thankful and that she appreciates them? Um, One, I say, uh, I say it. Like I do try to tell people, I think it's so important that, especially with things that go on in the world and stuff, and I've lost a couple of very close friends. They um, passed away. So I want my friends to know that I truly love them and mm-hmm. I appreciate them because you just never know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I try to, first of all, I'm an extremely loyal friend. I think I'm a good friend to have. And so I try to reciprocate in every way that I possibly can. I try to connect people. Whatever I can do to help people, I try to do that the best that I can. So I tell people. And I try and show it with my actions as well. Okay. What do some of those actions look like? You know, people who have the same challenges, being truthful about what I went through. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times that when you go through things like that, especially coming off of that high, people don't want to share that. And Mm -hmm. I think that I'm, I'm truthful. Um, and yeah, I'm extremely transparent about what happened and how it made me feel and what I had to go through and try to help people in that way. And like I said, returning the favor, if I can give someone business, if I can make an intro like I had, I will do that. Got you. What has been the biggest personal challenge that Yvonne has needed to overcome in order to be who she is today? Biggest personal challenge? I think that it would be that I can be quite reserved. And so when I moved here, I would go out by myself because people are like, how do you know all these people in New York now? And it's like, I would go out by myself. It would force me out of my comfort zone. So I would have to talk to people because obviously mm-hmm. I'm just standing there looking a little crazy by myself. So I would start talking to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I met Nina, who's here tonight, talking to her at an event. And she's one of my closest friends now. So mm-hmm. it was me having to get out of that comfort zone of like always being with the same people and going to those places and then walking away and not meeting anyone new. Right. And so, you know, now wherever I go for years, I wouldn't do that. But wherever I go, I meet someone new. So networking is like extremely important. So I learned how to do that and got out of my comfort zone. Gotcha. If you weren't doing what you're doing now, Mm -hmm. what would you be doing? Is there a 
path or hobby or career that you've always wanted to pursue, but you haven't done yet? All right. So I used to want to be a makeup artist and a hairstylist. I mean, you're looking amazing here tonight. Well, thank you. you, Thank you. But so throughout high school and college and stuff like that, I would do all my friends hair and I would do makeup. But before college, you know, I went to my mom and I was like, I think I want to go to beauty school. Okay. And my mother was like, if you don't go sit down somewhere, you are not going to beauty school. And so she was like, you were going to college. But I always (laughs) thought in my mind. And so every now and then, you know, my friends will let me do their or makeup or hair uh-huh. or something like that. So in my mind, I, although I think my mother was right, I don't think I have the personality for it because I'm like, you're going to look how I want you to look. So, <laughs> so you need a daughter or a doll or something. Like, you're going to look how I want you to look. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't take feedback on that because I'm like, I know this color looks right on you. Like, go with it. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think that that was wise advice from my mother to go to college instead right. of beauty school. So I, I think that that's what I would be doing. Yeah, the I engineer, wasn't. she got you right. <laughs> she got she wasn't me. playing no games. <laughs> She wasn't so playing you said, no what? games. You said what? <laughs> no, right. She was like, nah. mm-mm. I can see her face now. She was like, mm-mm. Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Yvonne, my next question to you is, uh-huh. can you swim? Can I swim? Yes, I can swim. Okay. I, I, can, sh- I can swim. I have to I- ask these questions, you know, because... Because uh, black people can't swim. Well, because we're about to jump into the dolphin tank. Oh, okay. Yes, Everybody, I can, black, white, purple, I can, orange, and yellow. I can, I, can, I can do the backstroke, let me tell you. Oh, all right. All right. Watch out now. <laughs> No joke. All right, so this is rapid-fire questions. Okay. You ready for this? I think so. You sure? I think so. All right. right. First question. What are your goal-setting methods, and how do you measure and make sure that you're growing each year? Okay, so my goal-setting methods is, first of all, you know, a plan is not a plan until you write it down. So whenever I set a goal, I write it down. I write down whatever it is, how I'm going to get to that goal. Mm -hmm. I try to break it down. I take it so serious. It is serious. I have it on my whiteboard. I have notes. You know, I write it down. I say, like, I break that goal down, and then Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to accomplish this in this time frame, this in this time frame. So I play no games when it comes to goal-setting. Create your life family. She sound like me, don't it? (laughs) Okay, bye. What was holding you back from creating your best life? Fear. I think that's always everyone's challenge. For me, for many years, like living in Chicago, Chicago is not the best place for what I do because there's Mm -hmm. not really an entertainment industry. It's more business financial. And so the events that I was doing, I was like, I could do this in my sleep. And Mm -hmm. so I knew I wanted to move to New York Mm -hmm. because I knew that that wasn't the best fit for me. And Mm -hmm. so, but I was afraid to, because one of costs, like I was like, well, New York is so expensive. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I know I want to live a certain way and all this other kind of stuff. So I was afraid to make that leap. So then when this chance came around, to move, I jumped at the chance. So it was it was fear. And that really, in the long run, has been the best decision I ever made to come to New York and really grow my business. Love it. What's the top tech that you're using to make your business run smoothly? Well, my MacBook mm-hmm. is like, it's everything. I think I love my MacBook more than anything itself. Like I use it, I carry it all the time. Like that's my computer. That's yes. Because uh-huh. I can I can do business anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I have my book, my computer. I can go anywhere and do business. Love it. Any particular software that you like, oh, I can't operate without this? Well, Keynote. I do all my decks in Keynote. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people want PowerPoint. I do Keynote. So I think that that makes the best decks. And I'm always doing decks to present concepts and stuff like that. So I can't leave, live without Keynote. Got you. Mm-hmm. Favorite quote or model that you live by? It's a popular one, but it's when people show you who they are, believe them. Mm. And a lot of times I think in my life that people have shown me and I was like, well, maybe or 
I think this. And it's like, it's always, they showed me, but mm-hmm. I ignored it. So now you you only have one time. In fact, you might have a half a time Yikes. to show me, you know, who you are <laughs> before I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that I'm not, I'm through with you, but mm-hmm. I might reposition you because I know mm-hmm. how you are, right? So I just know how to move around you. Oh, create your life family. She said, that doesn't mean that I'm through with you, but I'm going to reposition you. That's like, <laughs> you know, just move you over to the side a little bit. All right. I love that. I love that. What song would you say is a soundtrack to your life? Oh, let's see. So that's a good one. You kind of stumped me. I'm going to say it is, I'm going to say that it is public service announcement. <laughs> Jay-Z. Okay. Allow me to reintroduce myself. Okay. And what, what part of the song is it that you feel like just embodies you? That part, the allow me to, when, I mean, when he comes out and starting with that, allow me to reintroduce myself because sometimes I felt that I had to reintroduce myself to people and let them know, like, what's really going on. So, yeah. So I think it's a Jay-Z public service announcement. Okay. Well, Latoya Dean Davis is saying that she loves every inch of this interview with you. Oh, hey, Latoya Dean Davis. Yep. They love you. I mean, you got you got likes going on here <laughs> on uh, the Facebook Live. So shout out to the Facebook family showing support, being supportive. I hope this is a good angle. I mean, it's working. It's working. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. What is your favorite and most impactful book that you've read? The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Have mm. you read that book? I haven't read it yet. Okay. And so it really teaches you to like be accountable. A lot of times you can play the blame game and you can victim, but in any situation, even though when I know someone is completely wrong, you know, mm-hmm. I still look like, well, what could you have done differently? Mm-hmm. Is it just that you didn't see the signs, you ignored the signs, but what could you have done differently? So in every single scenario, that's the first thing I think of, what could I have done differently to change the outcome? And so that's what that book really taught me how to do is to reflect on things and just mm-hmm. make sure that was there something I should have done differently Was something I said or something? That's my favorite book. What three jewels would you tell someone looking to create their best life? One is persistence, which I've talked about. You know, you have to be persistent. You have to step out of your comfort zone. Um, You're definitely going to be uncomfortable. So I think that that's super important and really be a risk taker. And so, and that's probably going out of your comfort zone. But if you want to be an entrepreneur, you're going to have to take some risks. Now they should be calculated now, but Mm -hmm. you should, you definitely have to take some risks. And so what's next for you? What's next for me? Well, one, I have to talk about, you know, the next historic event that I'm doing, which is at the Apollo, which I talked to you about. So on December 9th, I'm doing a show. It is the New Jack Swing show with Teddy Riley, Keith Sweat, Dougie Fresh, Black Street Guy, MC Light. I think I got everybody. D-Nice. And so this is the first time that they have performed in over 20 years in Harlem. And so that is my very next thing that's coming up. And I'm super excited about it. So that's at the Apollo December 9th. And then after that, that's like my last event of the year. And so what I use the rest of the year for, because December is usually downtime for me, Mm -hmm. is I start getting everything. So while people are eating their turkey and all that kind of stuff, I'm really working on 2019 and making sure that I am, you know, renewing business and setting up the business that I want to go after, Mm -hmm. updating marketing materials, website. That's my time that I do that. So that's what's next for me. So in 2019, I look to just create more historic moments and continue to build my business and my brand and continue to mentor and inspire other young girls who want to do this. So that's what about really the fellas? Focused. You know what I'm saying? What about us? The fellas too, but you know, I do want to get, cause it's, you know, there's already so many men in this industry. True, I really true. want to get, I really want to specifically black women. I really mm-hmm. want to, cause I mean, I think so many times people think they need to be out front, but there's 
you know, behind the scenes. I mean, I've literally been able to travel the world mm-hmm. and, you know, be successful and make a lot of money being behind the scenes. And I'm totally fine, you know, mm-hmm. with being behind the scenes. So I really want to show young women that this is something that's very viable as a career. Okay. And I just want to piggyback off of one thing that you said before I ask you the next question. Mm-hmm. You talked about renewing business for the new year. Mm-hmm. What are some of your, just if you can give us two or three hacks that mm-hmm. you do in order to renew the business going into the next year before it even starts? Thankfully, I have a really high retention rate. So Mm -hmm. usually if I produce your event for you one year, if you're doing it again, we're already talking about how we're going to top it next year. Mm -hmm. So one is making sure I do my best job when I have that opportunity. I Mm -hmm. think that, um, you know, I fight so hard to get the opportunities that I'm going to make sure that I knock it out the park. So Mm -hmm. I think that that makes it very easy in terms of retaining the business. I often really try to recap after anything that I do to understand if there's anywhere that we did miss the mark and Mm -hmm. how we can improve upon that. And Mm -hmm. I think that having those types of conversations helps because Mm -hmm. then we can already start talking about how we move forward by doing that. And I think finally, again, it's just making sure that the relationship is what it should be by having open conversations. And sometimes that conversation was not always easy, but just really having open conversations with clients to really understand, you know, like our budget's shrinking or what what are we doing for next year to really understand what their needs are. Gotcha. Now, are you sending out gifts to the client? Or are you sending out any handwritten cards and stuff like that? Because I hear a lot of different ways to sustain relationships uh-huh. and things like that. So what are some of those hacks that? I do, I do send out thank you notes. I don't do a lot of gifts, but I do thank you notes. I mean, I might do dinners or something like that, mm-hmm. but I don't actually send out a lot of gifts. I actually probably could get better on little gifts and stuff like that. I'm not the best at that. I never know what to get. Like, yeah. But mm-hmm. the work speaks for itself. I think so. I Love think it. so. <laughs> Love it. Okay. So what's the best way for us to keep in contact with you? Well, I would say Instagram. I'm on Instagram, which is why McNair as I see it. And then through Facebook, also Yvonne McNair. And I really don't do a lot of Twitter, but I am on Twitter, why McNair. So through social and my website is captivatemarketinggroup.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we have reached the part in the interview uh-huh. where it's called the turnaround uh-huh. and you essentially become the interviewer. I'm the interviewee. Uh-huh. Create Your Life Family. Y'all know how this goes. Yvonne gets to ask me any three questions that she wants. I have to answer. Okay. And I just have one request. Uh-huh. Please be gentle. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will. Okay. So first thing I want to know is who are you listening to right now? In terms of music. In terms of music. I am mm-hmm. listening to... Because I know you're playing the Afro beats right now, yeah. so obviously that's your thing, but is there a specific artist that you're listening to? Wow, that really makes me want to pull up my Spotify. Okay. Um, so let me see what we have going. I was listening to... Actually, I've been listening to some DeVito. Uh-huh. I've been listening to some Kid as of lately. I've been listening to her. I love her. Yeah, mm-hmm. so she's actually from my hometown. Oh, really? What's your hometown? Vallejo, California. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I've been listening to her. Uh-huh. Definitely 90s R&B. So I've been listening to some guy. Oh, well, it's always know, good. All guy day. Is good. Uh-huh. Right. So, you know, Jodeci, uh-huh. things like that. So I've been listening to those consistently. A little bit of Drake. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's kind of where my head's been. Okay. So then that leads me to what 90s R&B song would best, like, describe your personality? Wow. Oh, man. I don't even like you no more. <laughs> Would best describe my personality, the mm-hmm. whole personality? Well, you know, they give a good glimpse of who you are as a person. Oh, 90s? Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, it would have to be a love song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. This better be good. Oh, this is going to have to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I'm like trying to scroll through my Spotify, <laughs> like which song is just, you know what I mean, me. And I, and I got to be in the 90s, too. Uh-huh. Because you just said you're listening to a lot of 90s R&B, so let's yeah, go there. Because I love 90s R&B and 90s hip-hop. 
Wow. Uh, Share My World by Drew Hill. Share My World by Drew Hill. Mm. Okay. okay. I like that song. I just feel okay. like it's very, uh-huh. it's like loving and nurturing and it's, it's a sweet song. So. Okay. All right. And you're looking for someone to share your world with you? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's ideal. <laughs> that's ideal. But I, I just like, I like like love songs. I don't know. Since I was a kid, you know, uh-huh. these were the things that were coming on and stuff like that. So like Jodeci songs uh-huh. and stuff like that. So, you know, you kind of, it's in you. Uh-huh. It becomes a part of your DNA. So yeah, I like like really nice songs. Okay. Know? Okay. All right. Um, and no, I'm not actively looking for someone to share my world with, but I'm just, you know, chilling. And that's the song that I think is cool. So, yeah, put that out Want to clear that up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Last one. So you were talking about all your travels. What was your favorite country to visit and why? Mm, dun, dun, dun. Favorite country? Mm-hmm. My favorite country has been South Africa mm-hmm. and Johannesburg specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was because of the people that I had the opportunity to sit with and... Just talk like I was hanging out in the townships and just met really cool people, had mm-hmm. the opportunity to climb Table Mountain. And it was just a really, really good, liberating time. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to going back there and seeing and meeting up with new friends and stuff like that and just seeing what life is like elsewhere mm-hmm. again. And so I feel like there's other places that are neighboring that I'll also be able to explore. Kenya, Ethiopia, Zambia, which is right there, Tanzania. So I'm really excited about going back and really being in a different type of setting. How long were you there when you went? I was there for about three weeks. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's a good amount of time. And when are you going back? I will be back there in February. Okay. Mm -hmm. And how long are you going for? I'll probably be there for about three months. Oh, three months? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I thought we had talked a little bit about this. So Uh I'm actually... I'm leaving the country for about six months. Uh-huh. And so I'll start off in Senegal, then I'll go to Ghana, then I'll go over to Kenya, then Eritrea. I mean, then Ethiopia, Eritrea, down to Tanzania, Zambia. Then I'll spend some time in SA and then uh-huh. come back to the States, to New York when it's warmer. And uh-huh. then... Because it'll be summer there, right? Yeah, it's, it's still summer. Right summer? Yeah, it's summer. Okay. It's right uh-huh. now. So I'm just uh-huh. like, oh, I'm missing out because it's cold in New York. Today was right. a nice day. But, yeah, you know, today was beautiful. Just uh-huh. having that opportunity to do that. And so, you know, really experience the world, understand people. And I've definitely been contemplating about the urgency of needing to learn other languages uh-huh. and really being fluent and knowing more. So, uh-huh. Well, if you're there for a few months, you're going to be able to, you know, yeah. at least start learning a little bit. Right? Yeah, give me uh-huh. some Afrikaans going, you uh-huh. know, which is essentially Dutch, like broken Dutch. So, right. Yeah, you know, be uh-huh. pretty interesting. Well, we got a couple more minutes. So okay, if you have so some I have more questions. questions. Okay, more so questions. and why are you going? I am going because I have been operating from a place of fear for a while. And okay. this is me stretching and looking to evolve into a different version of Kevin. Uh-huh. And so stepping out of my comfort zone, as I tell the Create Your Life family all the time, and working to become someone else. And, of course, we're going to do Create Your Life Africa I was just going to ask edition. what are you going to do about the show there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. We're going to do the Africa edition, and we have some conversations going on a couple partnerships. Okay. So. All right. That sounds awesome. Okay. I do have another question. Keep going. Because um, you talked about part of your travel is because you were in foster care. Right. Mm. And so how did you become who you are to be so well traveled and stuff like that? If you were moving around so much, was there someone in person that was instrumental in like really helping you and mentoring you or how did you become who you are? So lots of people, lots of angels, I would say. And a lot of times black women. Okay. So lucky enough. So I had a, a bunch of angels throughout the course of my life. In terms of going and actually seeing the world, it was somebody in my fashion in the fashion department at Clark Atlanta mm-hmm. went to study abroad. And so I was asking some questions about that. And then like that very next summer, mm-hmm. my mentor, Raphael Moffitt, went and 
studied abroad. And so uh-huh. I was like, oh, well, what's this thing? And then, so the same concept that I, the reason why I started the Create Your Life series, I went to go study abroad because I was like, people from my neighborhood, from my uh-huh. block, I never heard of anybody going to London uh-huh. or anybody going to uh-huh. anywhere else unless they were rappers. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to do this so that other people can see that it's possible. Uh-huh. And so that really started me with the travel bug, but I definitely had mentors, Miss Wilson, Miss Ferguson Barrett, Miss Beatty, my foster mom, Mary Jackson, Fillmore Graham, Raphael Moffitt, my homegirl. Shout out to Benicia because she's the young lady who has studied abroad at the same institution that Uh I did when I went to go study abroad. Uh And then in terms of becoming who I am, at a very early age, I had it was my responsibility to figure out what I was going to become because my foster parents and everybody basically accounted me out. Uh And so I've recently been recording my bio, Uh my biography. And one thing that I came up with, it was a saying, I can't remember it verbatim, but essentially life boils down to there's want and need and then there's will. Uh-huh. So, you know, you want something. OK, that's cool. That's great. When you need something, you essentially will do, you know, the bare minimum. And then when you will have something or you uh-huh. are willing to do whatever it takes to have whatever it is that you want, then that separates you from other people. So it's like, it's not an option. I don't want this. I don't need this. This is what's going to happen. And that's a different decision and a different type of mentality uh-huh. towards things. So I think that that has always been my mindset is, is that I'm the guy that's like, you know what? I want four purple Skittles. Uh-huh. If I go out and I only find three blue ones and one purple, then I'm going to throw the other three away. Even though they're right. great, they taste great. I'm going for the four, uh-huh. you know? And so being that determined and that focused on what you will have, because that's what you want. That for me is what separated me a lot of times from other people. And then just being willing to do the work. Uh-huh. Oftentimes when you meet adversity and stuff like that, it's kind of like, man, I've been here before. I've been through right. worse. So what else can you do to me? Right. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank Very you. impressive. I did have one thing I forgot to talk about. Yes, is ma'am. that okay? Go ahead. Talk, um, talk about so it. Because I wanted to make this point. I think this is also really important in any business structure. But there are so many times I've been in situations where people will walk in the room and say, you know, I'm with an artist. Like they're going to speak to the artist and be all, hey, hey. But they don't speak to the people around them. Mm-hmm. And those are usually the people who are making things move forward. And I think that it's important. One of the things I also learned coming up was like making sure that Everyone is important that's in the room. They're mm-hmm. in the room for a reason mm-hmm. and making sure that those people that are behind the scenes are usually critical to the success of the business. And so I think that's an important tool also in your business. And so another thing that I'm starting with a good friend of mine, Kelly Jackson, who you may know, she is executive producer of the Sway in the Morning Show. Okay. And we're starting a series called The Gatekeepers and really to just kind of... Love that. Yeah, really just to kind of bring together some of those people who are behind the scenes moving things forward who are often overlooked when those are the people you usually want in the room because right. they make things happen. Right. So I wanted to mention that. I, and I also call that, that's a rookie move. It is a not, rookie move. To not acknowledge it everyone is a who is there move. and who is present. It is a rookie move. But a lot of people do that all the time. I see it every single day mm-hmm. where they will walk right past you thinking that you don't have, you know, the importance that you do have. So, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that what else is important is, is just, you know, you can be and acknowledge people. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be the first person to volunteer. Hey, how you doing? And stuff like that. And mm-hmm. oftentimes I find that those are usually the most important people in the room. So absolutely. That is funny. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I wanted to share that as well. Okay. Oh, thank you. And uh-huh. Yvonne, thank you so much for being on the show. Here thank today. you for having me. I, ho- I hope I lived up to. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you did an amazing job. You did an amazing job. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Oh, no, nah, my pleasure. So Create Your Life family. Thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio and rate and review us. This helps us build this community. And building a community is what we are all about right now so that we can deliver as much value as possible to you. So until next time, create your life.
and feed your ambition. Beautiful people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York or on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash kevbrown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL Series and at Kevin Y. Brown. Be blessed, and we'll see you back here live next week. This episode was brought to you by PodcastLaundry.com. I love Podcast Laundry. It provides a real solution to free up my time. And time is the only resource that we cannot get back. Podcast Laundry was created with love to help other fellow busy podcasters free up time so that they could do more of what they love, whether that's traveling, time with friends and family, or working on other ventures. If you want to free up your time, then have Podcast Laundry do the dirty work of note-taking, graphic creation, editing, show tagging, and uploading for you. Go to PodcastLaundry.com or call 347-871-8273 to schedule your consultation. And remember to use code CYLS. That's PodcastLaundry.com or call 347-871-8273.